Welcome to the House on Fire podcast. Our aim is to light a fire for Jesus in the homes of those who listen through encouragement and equipping. Let's partner together to advance the gospel in the next generation. I am your host, Lucas Jackson, and I am passionate about seeing more people on fire for Jesus. When you listen to the House on Fire podcast, you'll hear from people you can rub shoulders with every week at Bethel Church, because all of our guests are from our church family. These are people striving to love God, love others, and to serve the world. Hey guys, thanks for joining us on this episode of the podcast, and I'm excited to have Joe Goda with us. Joe, thanks for being on, man. Hey, it's great being here. So tell us a little bit about yourself and your family, sir. Well, I love talking about my family. I'm married to my wife, Mary, 38 and a half years. Um, We have nine children. The oldest is out in Buffalo, New York. She's a registered nurse, married, um, loving life out there. Uh, Next, I've got Emily and her husband live in Fargo. They got two little boys. And we get to see him maybe every week, which is fun. Then I have a son living in Rapid City. He's married. His name's Luke. He's married to Olivia, and they have a little boy, and they are expecting, hopefully, um, a healthy little baby here in May. That's awesome. So that's coming up. Um, And I have a daughter, Gina. She has three children, and she and her husband live in West Fargo, and they attend Bethel. Then I have a son, Joey. Joey is a twin. Gina's twin. Um, I believe he's 30 now, which is hard to believe, but Joe is uh, living independently and he's he's involved here at Bethel in the student ministry. Yeah. Um, then I've got a son, Jackson. He's 21. He's serving in, in uh, Florida in the uh, Air Force. He's a refueler. He's been in the Air Force for a little better than two years. And then I've got uh, what I call my honey drops from heaven. They're my <laughs> twin girls, another set of twins. These are identical, Natalie and Bridget. And um, I really haven't had a bad thought about them in the 16 years they've been on the earth because we weren't supposed to be able to have any more kids. So God had other plans. Yes. I, I'm just impressed that you you knew all of that in your mind. Joe didn't even... Have to have notes. That's awesome. I I don't think I recall that Joey was a twin. I did not know that. Yep, Joey and Gina. They came, uh, uh, like I say, thirty years ago. And uh, Joe actually had a, a brain bleed when he was six weeks of age, and we had him in the intensive care for ten days. And wow, we thought maybe he'd be spending a lot of his time in a wheelchair in his, uh, you know future years, but God had another plan. I just, I just, uh, I'm just, I love Joe. He's fun to be around and, um, just proud of him. Yeah. I love it, man. I love it. And, uh, what do you do for work? Oh, I work, uh, at a place called Bell Bank Wealth Management. I help people invest their serious money. We do some financial planning, estate planning work. Um, really all, it's all about helping people. And I love, I love helping people. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And you've been doing that for how many years? 
at the same place, I think, too. Yeah. Right? Uh, I've been at Bell now 30 years. Wow. 30 and years. Uh, doesn't feel like it because every day is new and yeah. you always meet new people and um, every day is different from the day before and keeps me challenged because I'm in the people business. Yeah, sure. And if somebody were to rub shoulders with you on a Sunday morning, uh, what, what worship service would they would they find you and your family normally in? Well, that's a, that's an interesting question. <clears throat> if it was up to me, I'd be here all morning. <clears throat> I love the people at Bethel here, and I've got a lot of good friendships. But um, I have two teenagers, and uh, the excuse is they like to sleep in a little bit, so we'll <laughs> always be at the second service. But there are mornings when we get up a little little extra early and come to the 9 o'clock service. Yeah, for sure, here at the, the Fargo campus. Yep. No, very cool. And what like life group or discipleship making group are you and your wife in together that just where you're being poured into and poured into others and yeah. Yeah, it's super, super important to both Mary and I. Um she's got a women's group that she attends. She'll be here tonight. It's a Monday evening deal and I think there's like a dozen ladies um that meet every every Monday evening. Yeah. I meet with uh three gentlemen on Saturday mornings. Um We've been meeting now for a couple of years, uh, folks that I just love and adore, and and I got their back, and they got mine through prayer. Um, they're just we're just really really tight. I've got another uh, group of guys that I've been meeting with now on a monthly basis for about twenty years, um, and uh, we we have lunch together, and it's an accountability type. Um, group of men, men, men that I respect, and yeah. I've shared some deep stuff with, and and that's super encouraging. Um, I also am part of the student ministries on Sunday afternoons, and I get to be around just some some great leaders. Um, so and and great students. So I really enjoy that. Yeah. And other, um, just lean here a little bit with your accountability group are there certain questions that you like guys ask each other on a on a consistent basis and if so what would be a couple of those questions yes uh how are you treating your wife and if she was here right now how would she respond to to that question so i mean it's coming right right at me Uh, are there any uh thoughts that are going through your mind that that shouldn't be there um, anything consistent on that side, you know, are there issues in your life that you're not going to tell anybody else, um, but your brothers need to know. And, yeah. um, yeah, there's, there's several questions. Um, you know, how are, how are things going with, with your family? Are you neglecting a certain relationship? You have nine children. Um, is there anybody that you're, mm you know, you're not reaching out to. Yeah. That's awesome. Those are great questions, man. That's awesome. Well, when did you become a believer, Joe? Well, I don't have a specific day. When I was at a very young age, five, six, when I knew I loved Jesus and I had heard the gospel presented um, at the church I, I grew up in. I was Calvary Baptist over in Fargo, 802 Broadway. And I um, attended there for 28 years, but I remember at the age of 12, I attended a camp. It's called Camp Joy on Star Lake, just a great venue. And um, I remember the uh, pastor there uh, asking if anybody would like to receive Christ. And and uh, I watched some 
students stand um, up. And I knew that I had already trusted Christ at that point. And then he asked um, if there's anybody that would like to stand and let people know that they have trusted Christ. And I stood right up and, Mm. and I knew that I knew Jesus as my Lord and Savior at the age of 12. That's awesome. That is awesome. And I'm assuming did you, were your, <clears throat> you grew up in a believing family, mom and dad were followers of Jesus and and uh, took you and your siblings to church? Um, no, sir. Uh, my dad uh, did not know Christ as his Savior until he was 50 years of age. Okay. Um, I believe my mom uh, knew Christ, and um, they, they were— um, Wonderful parents in so many ways. They uh, they made sure we were in church. Um, I think my dad knew that um, he should have his children. I have four siblings in church. Um, he went, and that and that and that was you know something that I thought was amazing. You know mm-hmm. because he. He would not pray around the dinner table, and when he tucked us in, you know, he never mentioned God or Jesus or, you know, prayer Prayer wasn't his deal. Um, my mom would pray with us, but, uh, yeah, um, my older brother um, in college um, got involved with the Navigators, and a fire just got lit, mm. and he just uh, poured, poured into the scriptures, poured into prayer, poured into memorizing scripture and and he um and he had a huge impact on me. I'd say he was my spiritual mentor and someone that really challenged me to uh take take possession of my face faith and get in the word. Yeah. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well the topic we want to talk about today is when fish fishing is more about those in the boat than fish in the water. And so you're a man who loves to fish. Where, where did this passion come from? Well, that is certainly a passion. Uh, when I was a little guy, I heard so many tales about hunting and fishing trips from a couple of uncles and a couple of grandpas and my older brother, and I just knew I couldn't wait till I was old enough. Um, I I just remember at a young age, I was gonna I was gonna have my own boat, and I was gonna be a fisherman because I saw pictures, I heard stories, and I was just really attracted to those that were sharing those stories too. I love these guys. Um, yeah. They, they were family to me. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where it all started. Yeah. When I was in uh, seventh grade, I think I have the record, uh, we would pitch a tent uh, on, a, on a piece of property that overlooks um, where a river dumps into a lake and where the river dumps into the lake, the walleyes would come up in the evening and they were easy to catch. And uh, so I spent 24 consecutive hours on a dock. (laughs) I believe it. (laughs) So I just remember the only time I'd leave that dock is if I had to use the bathroom or if I wanted to run into the resort and get a candy bar, an ice cream bar or something. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, I I cut my teeth out there on uh, Big Pelican Lake. Okay. And were they coming up out of the lake and in, into the shallow water to, f- yeah. to feed? Yeah, there's moving water there, and the uh, shiner minnows come up, and they're spawning, and the walleyes follow them up. So gotcha. we, we would catch uh, fish at every hour of the day, but it seemed like mornings and late, late evenings were best. But 
we catch them uh, throughout the day. Yeah, that's that's awesome. In, in what ways do you use fishing to care for other people? Well, I've uh, I've been on about a 45, 45 close to 50-year uh, journey of taking people fishing. Um, I hung around guys that knew how to put fish in the boat. They they knew where the fish were, and, and they knew the presentation, and they taught me. So um, I learned that you got to have a couple of uh, uh, key areas. You got to have a knowledge of where to fish and when to fish and how to fish. And I was so eager to learn that. So as I learned to fish and I was successful with it, I enjoyed uh, way back in the day taking people along that I knew would would also enjoy it. So there was just a lot of satisfaction when when you could bring people out in the boat. And I did it because it was satisfying to me. But, you know, uh, when you're out in uh, the boat and there's just the fresh air and the sunsets and um, God's creation is just revealed. Uh, you can't help but in, enjoy that time with people. Mm. And it, but it really took off when, like I mentioned, probably in college when my faith really became uh, real. Um, I started looking at people a little bit differently, and I wanted to build relationships. And um, you know, I haven't met uh, anybody that. Um, you know, doesn't want to have influence on somebody's life. Mm. And by asking people out on occasion to come out fishing with me, you know, it doesn't take too long before, um, you know, their mouth starts moving. They're talking, they're sharing, they're opening up their lives. And the more I was around that, the more I thought, wow, um, fishing is, is a pretty cool way to, get to know people, build relationships, because relationships really last. You know, mm. they're going to last into e- eternity. Yeah. And over the years, yes, I love to fish, but I've also become um, deep down a fisher of men. I've had some amazing conversations in the boat. Yeah. Um, folks that, um, you know, are searching and that don't, don't know the Savior and I've introduced them to Jesus, and uh, God has given me a, a real um, boldness. He always creates an opportunity also, because when people start sharing, and when I take people out in the boat, um, I'm totally prepared. I've got snacks, which is huge. <laughs> people like to munch, and I've got good quality bait, and I have the tackle, and it's all prepared. And I've already done my scouting. I've been fishing for over 50 years. And the lakes that I fish are pretty good fisheries. So Now, Joe, I, I, I'm very much aware that that is an understatement. Well, my limited experience, but uh, I, for those who don't know, Joe, that uh, y- y- fishing with you is like, Fish just jump in the barrel. You just you jump in the boat. You pray, and they just start flying in. That's what it's yeah. like. Yeah. No, that's not always the case. <laughs> I've been humbled plenty of times, but I keep learning, and I I enjoy uh, the challenge of putting fish in the boat. Yeah. But um, you know, I just want it to be a really positive experience for people, 
and I really am out there to serve them. Uh, they don't have to tie their hooks. They don't have to touch the fish. They don't have to put the bait on their hook if they don't want to. Um, afterwards, I'll clean them up for them. I'll wash them up. I'll take care of everything. I just, I just am totally prepared on the front end for that to be a positive experience. Yeah. So the only thing I ask of some of these people that come along is bring um, some sunglasses and and maybe you know the right apparel. You know, yeah. I have extra rain suits in the car in the boat if I if I need them, but just dress appropriately and so yeah it's uh it's uh it's become you know something of a of a ministry yeah if you had to throw a number i mean which i would assume it maybe be hard how how many people do you think you've had in your boat over the over the years i mean fishing for 50 years and your desire to care for people you've uh yeah you know what 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 really um i really put an emphasis on is I like to get, um, you know, dads in the boat with their sons or their daughters. Yeah. Or the grandpa with his grandson or the grandpa with his son. Yeah. And some of those uh, younger folks, um, once they get out on the lake, you know, you can see the uh, the communication. <laughs> it just it just begins, and I'm listening more than speaking. Hmm. I'm there to serve, but I'm um, I'm very aware of some of those relationships that maybe just haven't been what, what, you know, the dad has wanted or the son, he's pretty focused on his life and maybe looking at his computer and playing all the games that they can play. And they're, and they, and they're, you know, they're in the boat, there's nowhere to go. And, you know, getting a, getting a fish on the hook, it just, it just changes the environment. And pretty soon, they're sharing, and that's what I'm looking for is just an opportunity to have um, open, fun, relationship-building opportunities. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, share with us the ways you've been encouraged by what you've seen God do in your boat over the years. And Maybe it's a certain story or an individual or just you know somebody opening up, but is there any— significant things that kind of stick out as you kind of go through the Rolodex of just your time on the water? Yeah, there's been um, many, many, many times when we get into faith discussions and uh, people will be pretty uh, candid. Well, I'm a Lutheran or, you know, I'm a Catholic or I don't go to church or, you know, I'm not into faith. and, And I'll say, well, tell me about that. You know, what does it mean for you to, you know, be a Catholic. I mean, what, 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 what does that mean to you? And, and, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, I eventually have an opportunity to share my story and I share the gospel with them and I tell them about Jesus as my savior and my Lord. And, you know, um, it's amazing. Once you've been in the boat for a couple hours with people, they kind of let their hair down. They start opening them up. Yeah. opening up and they're and they're pretty open to wherever that discussion leads and again my goal is to share Christ. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Have you had a, a moment where <clears throat> I, I well, I would assume no one's ever gotten mad at you, you know, you're out there fishing having a good time and you're asking questions. Have you ever had anybody get mad at you for asking them questions? You know, I have not because again, I'm careful on the front end to yeah. Um, 
really, you know, be well prepared. They've got good gear. Um, we're usually in some pretty good waters where there's some fish to be had. And, yeah. and once they've started reeling in a few fish, you know, now what, you know, they, they just start to talk and yeah. they might ask me about myself and, but basically initially I'm just trying to get them to, to open up and share a little bit about themselves. And I think just God opens up doors. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, it's fun to, fun to wait for him to, to open up um, the conversation in a direction when we can talk about faith matters and things yeah. that they're probably not going to be talking about with anybody else on occasion. Yeah. Um, Cause that can be kind of a personal personal deal to him yeah and, and how, <clears throat> how how does it like being in a boat with other people or other guys or whatever it there it and you alluded to this and said it but just it there is a component where they start opening up and 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 why do you why do, i mean surely you thought like well why are they you know you do this often you got them in a boat you're out you know tackles there the bait the water it's God's creation. What is it about that that helps either an individual or or a father son or father daughter or what whatever the scenario is? What is it about that context where they they do just open up? I, I I'm sure there's never been a moment you've had somebody out in your boat where they just didn't say nothing. That's for sure. It's it's amazing. Um, we'll leave the marina and there hasn't been much conversation. You know, good morning and. Hey, I've got some coffee. If you want a coffee to get started, or I've got a little something here for you. You, you want a bottle of water, whatever. You get out and get things positioned, and and uh, you start fishing. And you know they'll make the small talk. Hey, it's a beautiful morning. Thanks, thanks, Joe. I've been looking forward to this. You know, I I haven't fished in shoot. It's been years. Yeah. You know, a lot of people and yeah, and um, you know they might ask some questions like, Hey, how? I mean. How'd you find this lake? You know, it's a private lake. I got a couple of them that I that I love to take people to. Uh, it doesn't have a, a public launching area, but um, again, just once they once they start reeling and after they've had a chance to connect on a couple of fish, we got them in the net. Um, things just start to change. Uh, yeah. They start to be real. They start to be authentic. I remember um, one fella. Um, we left the marina at seven fifteen a.m. and and as as we're leaving the 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 boat launch, he looked down. He said, "Yeah, I, I need to be off at eleven o'clock." And and uh, people are real busy. And yeah. Anyway, um, this guy uh, runs a large large uh, company, and he has uh, locations, retail locations all over the U.S. I'm sure there's forty of them, and and he's he's the the top gun you know the top guy in the company and uh i just remember i was amazed at um things that he was sharing in the boat we got into a faith conversation but long and short at about 4 30 i asked the gentleman <laughs> if we could call it a day <laughs> so yes sir i don't know what it is you know to each person it's a little bit different for some it maybe brings back memories of fishing with grandpa or yeah you know their dad would take them back when they were in you know grade school or you know because a lot of these guys they just don't take the time anymore yeah they don't know really how to fish and 
no one's really showed them unless they were, you know, sitting along the river, throwing a, a worm in on a, you know, with a hook and a sinker and the catfish are biting or, you know, I fish for a variety of different types of fish, depending upon what time of year it is and, and what the, um, you know, experiences have been and of the guys that I take fishing guys, gals. So, you know, I'm just looking for, um, you know, the right mix, the right opportunity. Some people like to cast some, some like to troll, mm. some like to still fish and I can, I can adapt to, yeah. to whatever's best for them. Yeah. No, I love it. Well, and I think, <clears throat> I mean, I've known you a little over a year, Joe, and it, you, you do a great job having conversations with people. I mean, it's a spiritual gift. I think that the Lord has given you to relate well with people, ask good questions. Uh, it's genuine. Um, and that's, that's not always easy to find in somebody. Well, you know, it used to be about how many fish I can put in the boat and how many fish we had on the stringer. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, now it's, it's not about me. I, I find great joy and satisfaction in seeing somebody else find great joy and satisfaction. And, yeah. you know, um, uh, even in the winter, uh, I do a little fishing only it's, it's with a spear. Uh, I've, I've got about a six foot spear. There's a rope on it. And, uh, I cut a big hole in the ice, maybe three feet wide by two feet deep. And anyway, I have a dark house and we're looking down into the water. It's just like an aquarium down there. And I, I put some decoys down there and the Northern Pike will come thinning in sometimes really fast or sometimes they just come floating in about four or five feet right right below our feet and and that person with me gets to throw the spear every time and and uh you know the fun part is throwing the spear but for me um <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know it's again it's about watching somebody else have that experience and yeah and uh you know there's a there's a first time for everything and for a lot of people i take out uh, spearing, especially that's a first. Yeah, it's getting out of town. It's having some fellowship. You're 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 visiting on the way down to the lake. You're visiting while you're out on the ice. You're visiting on the way home. You learn a lot about somebody's family, about some of the things that are uh, difficult in their life. And and again, yeah. when you know the Lord, um, you know you can offer up a ton of hope. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What things has God taught you as you've used fishing to reach others? You know, I mean, surely there's the reminders often that the Lord is just doing in you as you watch this person, you know, big smile on their face as they spear fish or pull one in. And so what things has God taught you over the years? Well, quite a bit, you know, sitting here right now, I'm just thinking about, um, you know, I haven't met anybody yet that, doesn't need some encouragement. Mm -hmm. I've never met anybody that said, Hey Joe, yeah, you don't have to encourage me, you know? So I'm investing in them. Um, I'm loving on them. I'm serving them. I'm encouraging them. I'm talking about Jesus. I'm, uh, personally, you know, a uh, couple of verses that stand out. One is Galatians two 20. Um, I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live, I live in the body. I live by faith in the Son of God who gave himself up for me. Yeah. Um, so, again, uh, it used to be about me. Um, you know, 
I've learned that my wife is a cheer, cheerleader. She wants to know who I'm taking out fishing and mm. how things go. And she's not talking about the fish. Yeah. Although that's nice. Yeah. She, um, she actually enjoys fish. My girls don't. I have two. I have the 16-year-olds at home. They, they don't really get into my fish or eating them, but I enjoy them. And my For wife sure. likes them too. But, yeah, um, you know, something, something as um, simple as just seeing someone smile, someone that is encouraged, someone that just said, man, that was so much fun, and they just appreciate it. Plus, um, the best part of it is I share truth and hope yeah. through Christ with them. And I've shared some some really meaningful scriptures with people that, you know, life verses, um, just some things that um, maybe my own story, I've had an opportunity to share a little bit of a testimony about my life. So, you know, if you're, if you're asking people a bunch of questions um, about themselves, ultimately they might ask you a few questions. Yeah, no, for sure. How, how has this helped you be a better husband and a father? You know, I mean, you're intentional, reaching out to people to take them with you. Um, how has that translated when, you, when you're at home and pouring into all your kids and uh, the grandkids you got and the grandkids to come and just, how has that helped you? Well, I enjoy being out on the water and, uh, you know, having a little downtime in life uh, just kind of refreshes you, restores you, renews you. Um, you know, I love getting up in the morning when it's dark and hooking up the boat and picking a, a dad up and, you know, he brings his son out with him and, and, uh, um, I come home, I'm, I'm, I'm loving it because I got to experience, um, others, you know, enjoying, enjoying what I enjoy. Mm. And that just kind of, um, gravitates in, into the family. Uh, I want to be a positive influence. I want to be able to, um, share, um, things that, um, you know, give meaning, um, teaching my daughters about the value of serving and helping others and showing other people love and, and that it's, uh, it's much more beneficial to give than, than to receive because we're kind of living in a pretty selfish, uh, world where, you know, the world wants it to be about me and it yeah. wants to be about things that can please me and things that will satisfy me, which ultimately I can see through that. So, you know, I get to live in that arena where it's, it's again, serving others. Yeah. Has this ever created like marital tension with you and your, and your wife? I mean, I know lots of guys who hunt and lots of guys who like to, you know, uh, for for a lot of guys I know, for to take off ten days and you know go to another state to shoot a prize bull of some kind is you know kind of a big deal. And uh, I think any guy that I know that's into that would do it the drop of a hat, you know. And yeah. oftentimes those things can create tension in the marriage. Has it ever been a 
created some tension for you and, and, and for your wife? Oh, certainly. In past years, I would make trips. I'd go to Montana, trout fishing, or I'd uh, go fish the Missouri River. I'd go up to northern Michigan or into Wisconsin and do some trout fishing. And I'd just p- pretty much let Mary know that I'm going to be gone, you know, these these certain days. And yeah. that didn't go over very, very well. Um, <laughs> so, you know, uh, raising a family like we've done, um, my trips have been pretty, pretty efficient trips. I know exactly how many miles it is from uh, my driveway to like three, three of the lakes that I fish. One is 37 miles, one is 41 miles, one is 41 miles, and one is 26 miles. And if I'm out on the lake three hours, uh, that's a pretty good shift, and I can get back pretty quick, and yeah. I can still be a part of what's going on at home. But my wife has uh, really seen uh, Joe work hard to keep a balance. I've got a lot of other commitments in life rather than just what I want to do with my time. Yeah. Um, with nine children and six of them living in the area, and now we have our eighth grandchild on the way. Um, we put a pool in our backyard, and I don't put any fish in there. Uh, but it does attract <laughs> my children, which brings in my grandchildren. So yeah, I look forward to the day when you know I can bring some of these younger grandchildren out in the boat. I have had yeah. one-on-ones with my son-in-laws. I've had one-on-ones with my couple of my grandkids fishing and those are powerful memories because mm. I I remember the memories that I have fishing with both of my grandpas. Uh, mm. It was huge. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. What, what fears or obstacles did you have about doing this and inviting other people out into the boat to fish with you? Were there any insecurities or fears or obstacles that you know that you thought about? Obviously, those didn't keep you from doing it, but I'd I'd be curious. You know, there's only been one incident in uh, 40 years, 50 years, whatever. And I had a guy, he's probably weighed about 330 pounds. And get this, he drove down from Grand Rapids, Minnesota to fish with me for an afternoon. Man. And I have this particular place that is, like I say, 26 miles from, from my driveway. And uh, he probably drove, you know, four four hours to meet me yeah. at this particular lake. And, uh, you gave him the address to where you were going um, to fish? Something like, no, actually I met him at a gas station <laughs> and then he followed me. Okay. I always put blindfolds on him. <laughs> and by the way, my favorite lakes are Wish You Knew and No Telly. Yes, so, sir. So, so there you go. I shouldn't have given that away. But anyway, I got him out there and I knew I didn't have a dock that... Um, you know, I could pull the boat alongside and help him step into it. So he either has to uh, climb up on the trailer, get into the boat, and then I can back the boat in. Yeah. Or in this case, I dumped the boat in and then I went back to help him. Well, he was an older fella and a big fella. Yeah. And this was in the fall and uh, we couldn't get him in the boat. So I decided, mm-hmm. okay, I'm big and strong. I'll just pick him up. Well, I picked him up and then he fell right on top of me because I, I, I buckled. Oh, man. I couldn't handle his 330 pounds. Plus he was dressed pretty, pretty well. So probably yeah. had another 10 pounds of clothes on him, but, uh, yeah. somehow we got him in the boat and, uh, <laughs> he, he, yeah. he told all his buddies from Grand Rapids about this, this walleye fishing outing and 
uh, I mean, it was amazing. We, we, we hit the bite. Well, we're, we're trolling with frogs and the fish were just pounding on them. It was, it was late September. And anyway, people, people have come in from, from a range of different areas around the country to fish. I've, I've, I've been really blessed to find some good fisheries and yeah, no, for sure. Well, how, how would you encourage other people to take a passion or a hobby and turn it into a way to tell others about Jesus? Cause I mean, it, in the grand scheme of things, fishing is great. It's fun. It, lots of things about it that are super enjoyable, but I mean, you're, it's not like you invented a new thing to do. I mean, this has been around forever. And so, right. so how would you encourage people to yeah. take this passion and turn it into yeah. Way to tell people about Jesus. Well, I've often asked people, you know, about their family, their occupation, and and then I ask them, you know, what do you like to do when you're not working? And, oh, yeah. I like to read, or I like to walk, or I like to work out, or I like to golf, or I like to do this, or I like to do that. And it's the do that and the do this and go watch a football game, you know, where they can in, they can include somebody else along. Yeah, um, something that's in their wheelhouse. I mean, some people. Um, obviously love to hunt in our area. Um, some people just like to go out in the woods and they own a piece of property and they might have a little, uh, hunting shack out there and, and, uh, they get a bonfire going and, you know, they do a little yard work and they, they get the wood pile, uh, stacked up for, for the fall. Um, people love that kind of stuff, you know, yeah. especially, um, younger guys that just haven't been out in the woods before. The woods are are quite an adventure. So I've, I've done that too. I've, I've uh, taken some, some young guys out in the woods and, um, um, I don't own property, hunting property, but I have a friend that does, and he's, he's given me the key to his hunting shack. Yeah. So, you know, um, just invest in people Mm. and what, you know, every little kid, um, spells love, uh, generally T I M E time. And, uh, so if you're going to take, uh, a chunk of your time and, and, uh, invite somebody else into your wheelhouse. Um, people see, see that you care about them. Yeah. And in this generation, people are lonely. People are generally, um, you know, COVID shut down, um, a lot of things in our country and, you know, you put masks on and I think a lot of people, Although they don't have the physical mass, they've they've kind of uh, pulled in the reins and and uh, the relationship side of people, I think, has really been hit. I think people mm-hmm. don't have the same type of relationships that they had pre pre COVID. Yeah, yeah. No, I would agree. What What is the most joyful aspect for you to take others out fishing? Joyful. Wow. And I'm sure there's many aspects of it. Yeah. But if you had to be like, man, here's one thing that just gets me every time. Boy. You know, I think uh, that's a great question. You know, the trip home, I think they all of a sudden, it just hits them. You know, I didn't know what to expect. I hadn't been out in the boat for months, years, whatever. Um, yeah. I invited my grandson or my son along and didn't know how that would go. And Joe, um, you know, 
they may not even share it in front of me, but they'll always call me back and, you know, share that, wow, this was uh, a real boost for the relationship that I have with Tommy or, yeah. you know, my, my, my buddy that, you know, it, it's, it's amazing how I can engage with them. I, I can tell they, they have a bond, but I find a way to get in there too and, and encourage them to keep that communication that we have out in the boat, keep it going at some level. Cause I'll ask questions, open-ended questions. And, and I, and I just see these, these, these people that are both living independent lives, mm. just draw closer to each other. Yeah. And, uh, a lot of times, uh, we've gone and had lunch, uh, after we've, uh, come off the water and, and, uh, we'll stop at a place and, uh, you can just see, um, the camaraderie and, and, uh, and the satisfaction that 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 morning has has brought in into both of their lives, you can yeah. just see it. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, before we get to our last question, I have I have the most non serious question. What is the best fish in your fifty years of experience to eat? And I and you know, I guess if it <clears throat> if you have to pigeonhole it into maybe the best fish in our area, you know, cause I, depends on where you're at and that kind of stuff. So what, well, if, you, if you had to choose? Yeah. I love crappies, uh, in the spring of the year and, uh, it's hard to beat a 15, 16 inch walleye too. So smaller fish, I put the 20 inch and above. Generally I put them back in the water. Generally I took a guy out, Lucas Jackson, we didn't put the 20 inches back. And his wife, Melissa, was like, that was nuts. That was so good. I don't know who, who cooked it up, but I don't, I don't even know if I was supposed to get that text, but she said, that was fabulous. It was amazing. Yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. And my, I mean, I'm like, well, the Lord gave us this thing, you know, I want to throw it back. I just want to take it. Right, take right, it home. right. So, but um, yeah, you know, I, I grew up. Uh, eating fish my my mom's dad lived on a lake and and uh i got to fish as a little kid out there for bass and sunfish and northern we we didn't catch too many walleyes but um i thought you're gonna ask me about in 50 years my favorite fish i had four in oh. my boat with me and yeah and we were uh fishing for walleyes we had bobbers out they're called slip bobbers yeah and I was so busy taking care of these four guests that I didn't even get to fish. Well, I thought, ah, just for a minute, I put on a big minnow on just a, a split shot and a hook, and I threw it out, and I kind of forgot about it. And I just had a little break, and I, and I picked up my pole, and I could feel something swimming away with it. And I set the hook, and it was probably 25 minutes later. We had to reel in all the all the fishing poles that I had out because each one of the four were fishing because yeah. I had this 50 inch 30 pound muskie that circled our boat three times and I had to walk the perimeter on the inside of the boat around so that I could keep up with them and then he dove and he went under the boat but anyway everybody got a chance to see this huge fish come up and my son netted it and and we took pictures and put it back but yeah, there's uh, there's certain fish that kind of stand up too. Yeah, 
Man, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Joe, to wrap up our time here, how, how can those listening be praying, praying for you and your family? Wow. Well, thank you for asking. You know, prayer. You know, I spent an evening with a fella who uh, touched my life. His name's Lonnie. And uh, Lonnie was sharing about the time. It was on a Sunday morning. His daughter came in to his bedroom. And she sounded like she was maybe three or four, maybe five. She says, Daddy, I don't feel very well. And uh, he said, what's, what's the matter, honey? She said, well, my tummy, tummy hurts. And she had um, swallowed a whole bunch of, I don't know if it was aspirin or ibuprofen mm-hmm. or you yeah. know, something that must have tasted okay, but she swallowed. She thought they were like candy or I don't know what she was thinking, but yeah. she passed away. Um, she died within a day or two of, um, of telling her daddy that she wasn't feeling well. And, um, anyway, um, you know, he shared with a lot of emotion, how that absolutely train, train wrecked his family and ended up, uh, his wife, um, couldn't handle it either. And they ended up getting a, a divorce. And anyway, he was sharing, sharing all this. And, and he, and he looked at me, he said, you know, Joe, he said, when I get to heaven, he said, I just want to know one thing. And I was like, what, what's that, Lonnie? He said, I want to know what really matters is who prayed me through and who's praying for me now? Mm. He said, because that, that's, that's the most powerful thing you can do for somebody. So um, my life has changed because I'm learning to pray. and. And uh, realizing that our Creator, um, who taught us to pray, um, hmm. commands us to pray. And so, yeah. uh, Lonnie will probably never hear this podcast, but I still keep praying for for Lonnie, and that's probably been 30 years. Hmm. I pray for him as often as I think about him. Yeah. I've prayed probably twice in the last week for, for Lonnie, and I haven't seen him in 20 years. So, yeah. I don't know if that helps. No, that's great. Yeah. Well, Joe, I appreciate your time, and thanks for being on, man. Hey, it's been great. I uh, didn't know what to expect, but it was a lot of fun, and somebody out there wants to go fishing. Uh, all they got to do is let old Joe know. <laughs> yes, sir. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the House on Fire podcast. Our prayer is that this podcast activates your home for Jesus. May the light of Christ burn bright through you and yours. Until next time.